From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM, and that was Blue Ocean by Mango Groove, because of course it is the new Blue Review with me, Benji Shulman. Very excited and happy to be with you on this Monday morning, and we're looking forward to a fantastic show that we're going to be bringing to you. So I'm looking forward to it, and I certainly hope that you are as well. Later on, we are going to be doing our parliamentary feature. Rob is out, but we are instead going to just be looking at some of the bills because there are some big issues coming up. So we're going to be keeping the parliamentary finger um parliamentary feature sans Rob, but don't worry, you will stay informed. We're going to be talking about 125 years since the Basel Congress. We're going to be having a look at the Iran deal. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the Israel uh, bite today as well. But before we get there, it is, of course, Women's Month, and we're just about to be done with Women's Month. And you might not have known this, but yesterday was the United Arab Emirates Women's Day. Can you believe that? I didn't know that until I saw it on Twitter, because what else is Twitter for? So there are still uh, woman-related issues that we have to talk about. And so we're going to be concentrating a little bit on that on the show today and uh, looking particularly at the issue of women's health, which is a huge a huge industry and a huge challenge uh, in all sorts of places around the world. And we're going to be finding out more about it and how technology can really start to play a role in uh, working on dealing with women's health issues. Because one of the ways that technologies can help is by connecting people, by engaging them, getting information and and really getting out there so that we're able to you know, help to, to, to really get people's bodies and minds in the right place for what they need in terms of just getting everything that is out there for for good health. Uh, it's, it's not even the, the health and wellness show uh, that we're doing. Uh, that's that's actually after this. Uh, so who are we going to be talking to to help us on this? It's, uh, we're going to be talking to Dr. Nonklangla Sitole, and she is a scientist who holds a PhD in molecular and cellular biology, uh, and she graduated at the top of the gen- uh, genetics and development biology program at Wits University and as in, with her BSc honors. And uh, she's a skilled researcher, and in order to expand her skills and improve her business acumen, she actually enrolled at the Wits Business School post-graduate uh, diploma in business administration, which led to her doing some investor relations and fi- financial communications work. She then obtained a PhD uh, working in cancer research uh, and has uh, published in a number of journals. And then in 2020, she decided to f- co-found Zoe Health, uh, which is a goal to make Women's health, uh, quality women's health care more accessible, uh, to millions of people around the world using technology, as I've been saying, uh, for clinical care. So uh, an interesting discussion about how we can use technology for women's health. Uh, and so I'm very happy to have on the show Dr. Nonkhlan Khlesatole chatting to us on FM. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Good morning. 
Real, real pleasure to, uh, to, to be with you this morning. Doctor, maybe you can tell us where and why you decided to start pursuing this, uh, juncture of women's health and technology. Where, where did you see the opportunity? You know, personally, my co-founder and I, just our individual experiences and also experiences from women in our circle, um, you know, just how we were consuming healthcare services and finding them and across the, the different sectors, by that I mean the private and public healthcare systems. Um, I mean, my, my co-founder and I are, are people who can afford to have medical aid, but even with like a comprehensive medical aid, we found ourselves still spending quite a bit of money out of pocket to cover some of our expenses, especially around, um, you know, childcare or having a baby. And the more your family grows, the more money you're paying um, and the more you've realized that you're running out of money for, for healthcare expenses. And some of our friends who opted to use public services were having an even worse time when it came to efficiency and just the experience of getting healthcare services in the public sector. And, you know, as you explained, my background, my co-founder's background is, is in um, digital healthcare solutions. So we kind of got together and thought, you know, especially during, it was during COVID where we thought women's healthcare itself is such a, is such a unique experience, um, experience that women go through in terms of the different healthcare seasons we go through in our lives. From the time a young woman starts her period all the way until menopause, there's such specified um, care that's needed for women through these different phases. And we did, didn't see that that was happening in the context of South Africa. Um, and when people started then taking on using healthcare services digitally, which happened around the time of COVID, because obviously people couldn't go in for basic healthcare services because of lockdown, people started to, you know, be able to get healthcare services online or digitally. And I think that's where we saw an opportunity to really revolutionize women's healthcare in South Africa and on the continent to, to bring about a tech-based solution that can help women really, you know, get access that's affordable and convenient and holistic and integrated to to help them through these specific healthcare journeys that they go through. I mean, it's so interesting that you talk about the issue of women's healthcare in particular. There has been a discussion, as you say, since COVID and, and even before around the, the idea of telemedicine and tech medicine uh, and sort of not your typical person in front of a doctor in front of patient type situation. But typically when you've spoken about uh, telehealth care, it's, it's for conditions that are uh, a little bit, let's say, less intimate, something where you can maybe diagnose something quickly and then move on to the next person so you don't necessarily need the doctor to, to be in the room. But I do get the sense that women's health care is a little bit more intimate. You have to sort of understand the person and, and really in, engage. Do you think that that's a barrier when you're talking about tech medicine in, in, in women's health care? Look, I think for, for, for women's healthcare, it's a very high trust, high trust, um, uh, sort of industry. And I think women really feel like they need to trust the person to when it comes to getting healthcare services from them. And I think for us, technology isn't necessarily a barrier. Um, especially because, you know, when we did our research, we could understand and figure out what it is that women were struggling with when it came to healthcare services. Um, we saw that it is a high trust trust factor um, industry, but people were really struggling with affordability and access, which was the biggest thing. And I think for us, there are certain, you know, certain, let's say, you know, healthcare providers 
who need you to be physical and need to see you physically and be able to be there and touch the patient. But for more more of the other you know types of healthcare services, you are able to get them digitally. And women are starting to also be more open to that. And I think for us working together hand in hand with our healthcare providers to find new and innovative ways to deliver these healthcare services is really important. So there's a there's the digital component, but also being able to bring that healthcare to your home because as you said, there are certain things that require your doctor to be with you physically and present. And we're also looking for ways to make that also more affordable and also more convenient because, you know, women don't necessarily want to go and sit in a queue and wait for a pap smear. So if we can also bring that service, you know, into your home, into the privacy of your home where you're comfortable in a way that allows us to to use digital tools, which is also something that lowers the cost, that's that's kind of also our priority to make sure that women are, are getting these services even in their homes, even digitally, where they can, you know, get them in the palm of their hand on their cell phone or on their laptop. Yeah, so some 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 um some of these are definitely barriers when it comes to, you know, the tech side. But we're continually trying to figure out how to to break down those barriers. We're talking today to Dr. Nkhangla Sotole, and uh, she is an innovator and a doctor and a founder of Zoe Health. And uh, we're talking about Women's Health in Women's Month just after the United, Nat- United Arab Emirates Women's Day on 101.9 High FM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Talking today on 101.9 Chai FM to Dr. Nkhangla Sitole. She is from Zoe Health, which is bringing technology to the women's health sphere. And Doctor, I'm just, I'm kind of interesting, like, uh, interested. As a man, I've noticed on, on social media, I feel like there's conversations around women's health that maybe would have been more private in, in, in the, in the past and has suddenly managed to get a platform through social media, I'm thinking here about the fact that we have pad drives, for example, that have become a big popular thing amongst NGOs and people just discussing uh, just even in every day in like Facebook and that sort of thing, how their babies are doing uh, and how it's affecting their own health, even from a mental perspective. Are you finding that access to social media has helped to open up the conversation around people's health and, and options that they have to keep themselves well? Absolutely, Benji. Absolutely correct. I mean, for us, social media is such a big tool that we use to be able to reach the women where, you know, where they are. And, you know, for example, Facebook. I mean, most of the Facebook groups, the biggest actually Facebook uh, Facebook groups that are active are all new mothers who are helping and communicating with one another about, you know, things that are related to the babies or whether it be like secondhand sales shops or you know, places where women are trading information, you know, say if you want your baby to be on a completely organic diet and you need recipes, women are really helping one another on social media. And I think that's one of the big things that we found even when we were doing our research is that women really rely on one another for these, these, for making these big healthcare decisions. When it comes to, you know, trying to figure out who the best OBGYN is, um, who you've had a really great experience with, Women asking each other, look, have you, what type of contraceptive have you tried? What works for you? Or just chatting about each other's experiences and supporting and guiding one another. We found that that was really, really important for women. And I think for us, that's why we, we put in this um, community element in, as part of Zoe, where you're able to join other women um, and discuss specific healthcare topics that relate to you, whether that be questions about your period, contraceptives, 
questions about endometriosis, if you suffer from fibroids, or if you're going through infertility problems, there's a lot of women who are suffering through these things by themselves and not feeling like they can either share or ask questions. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't have to tell you how many times we heard women saying, you know, I was on Dr. Google trying to figure out what is wrong with me or how do I solve this particular healthcare issue? And, and women are really like going through these things alone. And the thing is, they don't have to because there are so many other women going through these particular healthcare seasons and they are willing to support one another if given the opportunity. So for us, we definitely feel like social media has been an amazing, amazing platform for women to come together and give voice to some of these issues where, you know, previously you may have to suffer through it alone. Finding out that other women are there, have been there, have made it through, um, and are willing to lend a hand and support one another has been really, really big for us and something that our, our members value so much. Now, maybe just walk it through us, if you don't mind, Doctor. I think that maybe some of the listeners might still find the idea of consulting a doctor or doing women's health on an app a bit strange. So how does it work? What what would it look like if if I have a particular issue and I'm trying to figure out what it, trying to get some help, what would it look like to use tech in this particular space? Okay, so we you're able to download our app on, on all the, the app stores, but if you don't want to download the app and say you just want to experience what it's about, um, you're also able to connect with us on, on the web. So if you say, for example, are looking to Find either find information, connect with women, or book a, an online consultation. You would go into the app or onto the web platform. Um, there's a loads of resources because we also believe, you know, information is power, especially when it comes to women's health. So we are constantly uh, writing articles with our healthcare providers, just giving information to women around specific health topics. You're also able to listen to some of our podcasts where we talk to healthcare providers and other women talking about the experiences around certain topics of women's healthcare. So lots of information and resources as the first step if somebody wants to find information about a specific health topic that they're interested in or experiencing. The second would be the community where you're able to join, as I said, these particular circles where there's lots of women there, lots of women interacting every day, talking about healthcare issues and things that they're experiencing. We also have our healthcare providers on there. So Women are able to ask basic questions that don't necessarily need a consult. And you can ask a doctor and say, hey, I'm experiencing this. Can I, is something wrong with me? And they're able to give you basic advice that doesn't require you to have a full consultation that can help you along the way um, and may solve your issue without you having to see a doctor. Um, if you do get to the place where you need a, a consult, that would mean, you know, booking with one of our healthcare providers um, and at a very you know, affordable cost because obviously it saves you time and money having to travel to, to your doctor's rooms. Um, and that, that um, consult would happen virtually and you would get everything with that. You'd have your script. And if you need and don't want to go to the pharmacy, we're also able to deliver your medication to you. So we have a service called My Contraceptive and that's the delivery of your contraceptives to your door monthly in discreet packaging so nobody knows what it is. Um, it helps you because you don't have to remember to keep going to the pharmacy and also having to go to your doctor every time your, your script expires and you have to go have a new one done. Um, so, yeah, there's different ways to, to get access to our services. Uh, we're also available on WhatsApp. So you're able to uh, WhatsApp us on our WhatsApp line 
and also have a telephonic consult with one of our GPs or nurse practitioners if you prefer that because, um, you know, maybe some people don't necessarily have access to data. So you are able to have a phone call on which you, you can have your consult. Now, what has been the uptake? I, I think you guys have been around for uh, it's two years now. Uh, it's in, you know, it's an interesting time for a startup, the, that sort of timeline. What, what has been the reaction of people to, to, the, to this kind of way of approaching medicine? I think it's been wonderful. I mean, I'll tell you, we haven't spoken to anyone who said to us, you guys are doing, we don't, this is not something that's needed. So women are really, really loving it. And even those who don't necessarily feel like they would be comfortable doing a consult um, online, they also are able to, you know, as I said, access our resources and also just see what is happening on the app and joining some of these circles and listening to some of the conversations that are happening. So the uptake has been really, really good. I mean, we, we did start ideating on this business about two years ago. We only officially formally launched a year ago. Um, at least, uh, we're a year now officially launched in Women's Month. Um, and it's been great since the app has been launched. Uh, for a long time, you know, as a startup, we were working on the, the web pl- uh, platform and through WhatsApp. But that meant for us taking time to really develop the app into something that was going to be full of all the, the, the stuff that we know the women want and are interested in. So it's been great since we launched the app. We've got about 10,000 women on the app at the moment. So it's, and growing steadily. So yeah, and every, and all the time we're thinking about innovative ways to add other services and, and to just make sure that we're, we're giving our users everything that they need and want. So, you know, user feedback for us is, is key and is king for us. We, always love to communicate with our members and find out from them how we can continue to make healthcare services affordable and convenient for them. And starting to think about other things like diagnostics and how to use um, tech to make sure that, you know, women are getting the types of healthcare screening that they, they need particularly. So we're working on something for HPV, which we'll be launching in the next week. And I'm looking forward to being able to help women to screen for cervical cancer in a private way that will help them to protect themselves against this cancer that we were looking to, you know, eradicate in our lifetime, hopefully. So different ways that we're working to to make sure that we use tech to improve these healthcare services. Now, let me ask you a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey that you've been on. I mean, you, you had a background in, in genetics, then you did public administration, you had a bit of time in, in the financial sector. But this kind of tech-based uh, startup that you're doing is, is, is very typical – Silicon Valley, Israel, sometimes even parts of Kenya, but it's still a relatively small part of the South African scene. I mean, it does exist in, in, in different places, but we, we're, our, our tech startup infrastructure is not quite as big as I think we would like it to be. What, what was it like for you to, to really start to think about healthcare on the, in this way and to, and to, to start a, to, to take the leap, I guess, to, to start a business like this? Yeah, I mean, look, the journey itself has been quite uh, nothing that I expected it to be. I think in my mind when I was studying, I always imagined myself sitting in a lab for the rest of my days um, doing research, which which was something that was I really was looking forward to because, you know, I love being in the lab and, and working on the research that I was doing. Um, so I never imagined that I would start a business. And I think for me, you know, some, and, and I think for my co-founder, the support that we've had from some of these, um, that the programs, accelerated programs that we've been in have been so helpful to us. So, you know, I think when we started to ideate, the big thing for us was 
trying to figure out what is the, the minimum product that we can bring to the market that would help us to kind of consolidate and have a proof of concept for for this business and trying to see, okay, what can we do with the very little that we have to make sure that what we're trying to do is something that people want and, and will use. And I think once we had gotten to that that place where we felt like we're on the right track, we started to reach out and apply to a lot of accelerator programs that kind of take a, a, an early startup and incubate you as, as a business, uh, providing you with different types of support, whether that be financial or advisory. And I think uh, for us, we, we were part of, we are part of a, a pathways, a, um, an Alan Gray um, um, investor uh, pathway a program, accelerator program, excuse me, that helps um, entrepreneurs to grow their businesses, to develop their ideas, and to really go through the process in a way that allows you to come to the market with a with a solid business. So, you know, for us, things like that have been great. We applied to quite a lot of them and, and you know, obviously still keeping in mind what it is that we wanted. We weren't just, you know, using the spray and pray approach. But some of the programs that we got into, uh, one of them is a London-based one for female tech entrepreneurs. And I think in those situations, you really start to understand the, the, the different parts that a business requires. Um, because obviously we have tech, um, um, so all sorts of advisory, um, support. So, you know, even where certain topics aren't your strength, there are people who are also entrepreneurs and have also been where you are who are able to guide you, um, with different types of advice and, and services. So, for us, I think making sure that we had that support of people who believed in us and helped us to develop our business was really, really important. And yeah, and we continue to do that. And, and we are starting to reach out to investors and hoping that there are more people out there who believe in the idea and want to and wanna support us. It's uh, absolutely fascinating and really exciting to see that this kind of thing can come out of uh, South Africa and to really start uh, approaching these really critical challenges that we have uh, in, in our country, do, do you have options and, and uh, uh, attempts to also work in the rest of Africa as well? Yes, absolutely. I mean, our, you know, our vision is to, our vision is, is to, you know, expand to the, the rest of the continent. And, um, we are, you know, we have launched in some of the, the, the countries in the SADC region. So um, some of our services are available in Lesotho, in Botswana, in Swaziland, in Namibia, and looking to expand even further than that. And I think the reason being is that, you know, it's not just South African women who need these services. There are so many women who have come across Zoe online and said to us, listen, when are you guys coming to our country? Because we desperately need something like this. So we are working and making sure that we we are able to bring these women exactly what they need because obviously not everybody not every single market will, will look like South Africa and there's certain whether that be cultural or regulatory requirements that we need to be able to keep in, in consideration when we open in these different markets. So doing a lot of research into what the women want, um, speaking to a lot of healthcare providers in those regions just to make sure that, you know, we're bringing them exactly what they need, as I said. So, yeah, we definitely are, are in other African countries and, and hopefully soon will be expanding to all the African countries as well as even outside of Africa. Well, that's uh, absolutely fantastic, and I, I really hope that you're able to do that. If people do want to access the service, whether it's on the Facebook groups or the app or 
the variety of platforms that you that you guys offer. What's the best way to do that? Best way is to find us online at www.health.com. So that's Z-O-I-E, health.com. You're able to also find us on the different app stores, as I said, if you just check, search for Zoe Health. And and also online, you will find our, our WhatsApp number if you prefer to chat to us via WhatsApp. So those are the three different avenues that, that people can find us on. Absolutely amazing. Dr. Nkhangla Setole, uh, she's the co-founder of Zoe Health. Thank you so much for joining us on 101.9 Chai FM and best of luck with the rest of your journey in improving the health of women in our country. Thanks so much, Benji. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And great chatting to you. There we go. That's Dr. Nkhangla Setole. Go check out her, uh, go check it out. Zoe Health, Z-O. I.e., I just think it's great that we're seeing innovation uh, in the sector coming out of uh, coming out of South Africa, and uh, just helping people isn't that fantastic? A really good news story, if you ask me.